I'm here with uh, Campbell Miller. You've just made a film called Hope, and it's about the it's a docudrama about the apparitions of Nock. And uh, let's talk about the film, the style, and what you hope to achieve with it. Yes. So the the movie's called Hope. It is the first time that the Nock apparition has actually ever been dramatized, and. This docudrama is movie uh, interspersed with interviews with people that are experts in the knock operation and what happened at that time. So we tell the story from the penal times right through to 1879 when Our Lady, St. Joseph and St. John and the Lamb of God all appeared to the Irish people. Okay, and the, so some of the history, roughly the penal times are few hundred years or so and that's right so the the penal times uh, were a period um, of great suffering mm -hmm. for the Irish people uh, especially those uh, of Catholics uh, the Catholics were not allowed to practice their religion they mm -hmm. they had to practice it in their homes in secret there were mass rocks dotted all around the countryside in glens and uh, woodlands um, all hidden so that the, the, the priest and the, the people just would not get found. And so that happened. And then after the penal times, um, we moved in what everybody knows now as the, the Great Famine, our Black 47. Mm -hmm. So in the movie, we actually tell the, the story of what happened in the famine. And we, we follow a family through not being able to, losing their crops and not being able to feed themselves, um, getting thrown off their land due to not being able to pay rent to landlords. And of course then, uh, like a lot of families at that time, having to get on a famine ship, uh, which was taking them to the US. So we were just reading that yeah, the, after the famine, like in the 1840s, one, one million people died, two million people immigrated to the United States and Canada, and Ireland lost its population so dramatically, it still hasn't recovered from that. That's right. We, we, we lost a, a lot of people at that time and with uh, so many immigrating. And Ireland has never really reached those numbers of a population as well. They also say that if the famine had not happened, we probably would have had a population twice that of what it is today. Mm -hmm. So in modern times, you know, we hear about church persecutions that I guess last maybe for decades, but Ireland, such a long time, such suffering. And the apparitions in Knock, 1879, are a real consolation. That's how people of Ireland see it, a real consolation for them? It stuff. is, yeah. The Irish people were going through a lot, and especially with the, the famine times. And what happened in 1879 was that there was a, another famine. Uh, they call it the mini famine. And there, there would have been a lot of people still alive that could remember 1847. They can remember the death that there was then. Uh, when the potato blight hit and so many people were losing their crops. So in 1879, when, the, when this happened, the Irish people again were on their knees. 
Not as much as 1847. Um, people were starving, but there wasn't that famine. There wasn't that amount of death. So to give them hope and to give them comfort, Our Lady, St. Joseph, St. John, and the Lamb appeared to the people in Knock in County Mayo. And this was to let them know they were not alone. And what was unique about this apparition was that it was silent. There was uh, no, no message spoken. But the people there were given great hope and comfort. Because right. a lot of, a number of parishioners stood out in the rain, right? And watched this apparition. That's right. There was... 20 people actually saw the apparition, mm -hmm. though they have 15 uh, written uh, testimonies to what actually was seen that evening. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the 21st of August in 1879. It was a very rainy evening. And the apparition occurred on the gable wall of the church there in Knock. And people were just going about their... Uh, normal lives. Um, there was a, a witness in the field and he was turning hay. Others were just going down to people's houses and visiting. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, there was this apparition at the gable. And it, it caused um, a lot of interest and people were running to houses and getting others out to, to come and see uh, what actually was happening. So it was, it's very special for this to happen in such a small village in Ireland mm. and really what would be called as the, the, the back of beyond then. Was there any history like of martyrs there or anything like that? Um, that not, not, that I, not that I know of, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that, uh, that there was, but th for the people there to you know, to uh, have this, this special element in, in the apparition, which was the Lamb of God. So not only is it a, a Marian apparition, it's a Eucharistic apparition. Mm. And one of the things that the, the Irish people love is the Mass. Mm. So, and so there we have that uh, within that apparition. And that's what really makes the apparition in Knock quite unique. Yeah, because there's an altar with the slain lamb and a cross. That's right. So there's an altar with the lamb, <laughs> and uh, that um, that 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 meant a lot because we we, we had that the, the the connection there with with the mass, and um, you you bring that up, and that was one of the most difficult uh, elements of the movie to actually try and shoot mm -hmm. because. The whole operation, as I mentioned, was silent and there was no movement. Mm. So to try and shoot that in some way and also to get a, a, a shot of, of a lamb and in post-production, of course, we put it in, put the lamb on top of the altar. Mm -hmm. But uh, to shoot the lamb, that, that took three of us running about a field. Uh, trying to get a good two or three second shot of a lamb <laughs> against the green of the grass there in Ireland. And we were able to green screen it out and, um, and actually put it into the movie. So it was one, it, 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 again, as I said, it was one of the most unique elements of the operation, but it also proved one of the most difficult 
elements to actually right. shoot. And the apparition, they were, it was still and silent, but they looked like real people, or were they just really bright lights? That's it, right. Yeah. They, they, they did. It, 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 was, it was quite bright. They, mm -hmm. they looked like real people. Mm -hmm. um, they were wearing white, mm. um, but the, there was the skin colors were, were all there, hair color, etc. Um, so that's what was described by the actual witnesses. Right. And one of the witnesses, Bridget Trench, did move forward, crossed what was a wall, uh, the wall, uh, a wall that surrounded the church. So she crossed the wall and went over to the apparition and uh, tried to touch the apparition and her, her hand just went straight through. Mm. So it wasn't like a projection on the wall. It was like in front of the wall of the church. That, that, that's the thing. It, it was, uh, it was a, f a few feet from the gable wall. Uh -huh. uh, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of brightness um, uh -huh. fr from the, the, the apparition. Mm -hmm. And that brightness was actually seen by Patrick Walsh, who was in a field about three quarters of a mile away. He was turning hay that evening yeah. and he was able to see it uh, wow. from from there. And uh, he is down as one of the official witnesses of that night. Wow. And did you, reading like their testimonies, was there anything they said about Our Lady, like a special meaning to her presence? There, there was, uh -huh. there was. Um, Our Lady it has uh, a special place in the, the Irish hearts. And Our Lady appeared and she was wearing a golden crown and with a rose in the center. And the crown was resembling that the, uh, the, the queen, as we call her, the Queen of Ireland. Um, and Our Lady had her eyes pointing towards heaven. And also she was turned towards the lamb and saying, this is the way. Hmm. And then St. John, do you think he's representative of the priesthood or? He is. St. John came holding what we believe a book, which was the word of God. And also he was uh, dressed as a bishop. Hmm. So there he was in a stance that can only, that can we only say is that he was preaching that he looked as if he was preaching to the people, um, as well as telling us or showing us, you know, the, the, here is the word of God. And then St. Joseph, was he holding anything? St. Joseph wasn't holding anything. Mm -hmm. um, he had his head bowed and he was turned towards Our Lady. Mm -hmm. And St. Joseph was there, um, I believe, you know, as a great demonstration to, to men that here was a real manly character mm -hmm. um, that, that stood by his family. And again, he, he was in reverence to Our Lady and to the, the Lamb. Okay. And there wasn't an image of, I mean, the Lamb image of Jesus, but there wasn't Jesus himself. No, there, no, there, was, there was no image of Jesus, yeah. but surrounding uh, the lamb uh, were, were angels, and just behind the lamb was a cross. Oh. 
and uh, so the, the angels were there and they, they, they were showing reverence to, to the Lamb of God and um, th those, the angels were in, in the movie one of the, the hardest aspects to actually try and put together and, and cr mm. create that whole element. Mm. And for you personally, you were always in the church, and or did you have some big time conversion or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I grew up I grew up in the I grew up in the church, and uh -huh. um, as uh, as a young boy, had been brought down to Knock, um, and had visited Knock, so I, I knew of the story there, uh -huh. but the intricacies of the apparition was something that I didn't quite understand until actually taking on this project. Mm. And that, that is the same for a lot of people. Uh, many people that I, I talk to, I ask, do you know what happened to Knock? Yeah. And their first line always is, oh, yes, yes. That's where Our Lady appeared. Uh -huh. But there's so much more to the apparition than just right. that. And that's what really makes the apparition in Knock so special. Right. And so for you, you what struck you, the big theme was the slain or the lamb on the altar? Uh, the, the big thing that struck me was the operation happening at that time. The uh, Irish people had went through so much. There was yeah. so much suffering. Yeah. And for God to send this operation down to, to tell the people that it's okay. Mm. I'm here. I'm still with you. And to, you know, giving giving the people that night hope and comfort that right. things are going to work out. Right. And again, part of the history is that that second kind of famine that the English were exporting grains and things that you all. So grow. yeah, in in uh, eighteen forty seven or mm. Black forty seven as they, they they call it, um, the potato blight hit the, the potato crops there in Ireland. And um, of course, people then were losing so much of their food supply and they were, that food supply also was used to pay rent. And they were not the only crops been growing. There were other crops been growing in Ireland, but what was happening was that those crops were being taken out of the country. So they were being taken out of the country to be sold elsewhere in England by the landlords by the English landlords, okay. which then left the starving people right. in Ireland um, with there was no food. So that's when you mentioned earlier the, the numbers of one million dying and mm -hmm. two million having to emigrate. Mm -hmm. That's what people had to do. They had to emigrate and uh, go to the likes of America and Canada um, to find work and to find food. Yeah. We were quite lucky in that things had changed slightly in 1879 and when the famine, uh, which they called the mini famine, that hit again, um, there was different production methods, but also relief actually came in. And uh, there was a lot of relief actually came in from oh, America okay. uh, to help the Irish people. Oh, okay. Maybe from some of the immigrants, right? That would. That's right. I'm sure yeah. there was there was many yeah. um, remembered that time, yeah. and when they would hear about what was happening in their yeah. homeland, I'm sure they yeah. just done everything yeah. to uh, try and uh, try and alleviate that in some way. So there was a there was a lot of relief sent over from the states, and 
um, that got the Irish people through that period. Yeah, it is uh, amazing the impact the Irish have had on the con on this culture in America. Um, you know, you travel, especially the Northeast, and you see the churches and everything built by the Irish, like poor immigrants built these beautiful churches and uh, and just uh, made a big contribution to culture and everything. And I, I'm a, well, even in this diocese, you know, we're Birmingham's a mission diocese, and we had a number of foreign-born Irish priests that were educated at a, a mission seminary in Ireland and came over here. And and then uh, in Africa, you hear about uh, Irish religious orders in the Caribbean. We get some groups that, like, people that immigrated to New York from the Caribbean and they'll come down here from New York and they, or maybe they've come down to Atlanta. And, and I've heard some of them talk about Irish religious that taught them in the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, when I think of like the Irish in Africa and the Caribbean, it's like, it's such a, it's such a difference from Ireland. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like those guys are, they're real missionaries, you know? <laughs> That's right. We, we, we really did... Um, Move throughout the world and and uh, you know professing our faith and um, evangelizing the the Catholic faith to people and one of the apparition witnesses that evening, John Curry, actually moved to New York, and he, he died in New York, but in 1936, I believe they carried out another. They commissioned uh, another investigation into what actually happened in Knock, mm -hmm. and uh, they managed to track down John Corey and were able to interview him again, along with uh, Mary Byrne, mm -hmm. who was uh, a witness that was uh, still living at that time back in Knock, and they their stories were still true and were still held as trustworthy. Right. Um, and matched what was said in the f the first investigation yeah. uh, back in 1879. Right. Now, your old story that you came to make this movie um, takes a lot of kind of courage and trust to make a movie, <laughs> raise money, right? And uh, you you said you were an IS and a you, information services and a teacher. So yeah, I mean, uh, previous career, I, I taught IT. Um, I then I taught, uh, I, I moved on to teaching media because uh, I, I took a bit of time out to retrain in movie and film uh, and documentary. And you came to Ball State, you said? Yeah, I, so I, I had uh, taken classes yeah. in Ball State. Yeah. And yeah, I, I came back home to Ireland and it wasn't until 2012 that I decided I want to really put this to practice. I want to make movies myself. And that's what I always ever wanted to do. But to, to tell your mother, you know, mommy, I, I want to be a film director. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things that uh, you, just, you just know where that's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I went down the line of uh, uh, learning IT and uh, going to university to, to learn that and uh, then teaching it. So as I said, in 2012, I, I managed to uh, pluck up the courage and to actually start going out and doing this for myself. Uh, part time in the evenings and weekends, making short movies and that. And 
Uh, I've done that for a few years in one of the movies, Respite at Christmas, mm. uh, which is going to be shown at Christmas here this year, actually on EWTN. Yeah. Um, producers here in EWTN saw it because it done really well in Christian mm -hmm. uh, film festivals uh, across the US. And they, they watched it, they liked it. It was r regarding a, uh, in which American and German soldiers had a truce and at the Battle of the Bulge in 1944, oh, yeah. Yeah. and they sat down and had Christmas yeah. dinner together. Yeah. So they liked the idea and how I put that together. And I was then asked, would I create a docudrama on Father Willie Doyle, an Irish Jesuit priest in the British Army in World War One? And so they wanted me to use the, the the same type of elements that I put together for the war scenes and that. And, yeah. and uh, that's how my connection with EWTN started. Did you have trouble raising money for these projects? Well, that's funny. I didn't because EWTN have uh, oh, okay. well, good. <laughs> have good. financed these, and um, because I, I I'm an employee, um, then it, it makes my life that wee bit easier. Okay. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the projects that that I do, uh, although EWTN does. Um, produce them uh, and su supplying the finances. Uh, the ideas from that come from actually the viewers, you know, the, the, these, are, these are projects that the viewers wanted to see, they wanted these stories told. And um, I've been very lucky that as a director, um, working for EWTN, that I can tell, tell stories, true stories that I want to tell, and they also have a platform to be able to get that out and uh, for people to be able to watch them. And you're married and you have kids? That's right, I'm married. Um, my wife, Christy, is ah. from Indiana. Ah. And uh, I have, so you can, you know, uh, I, I met her there and I have two kids, Cruz and Jackson. Okay. Um, they have no interest in what daddy does. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, <clears throat> the Cruz at the moment would rather daddy was a scientist or something, was <laughs> making potions and things. And, um, yeah, so doing the making movies at the moment are, are not in his priority. Uh, well, thank you, Campbell, for chatting with us. Uh, and good luck with all your future work. Well, thank you very much, Father. Mm -hmm.